Hello, welcome to the Unbroken Ground. Hello, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining again, or for the first time. Uh, last week, I talked about worry a little bit, and I'm going to continue a little bit in that theme, um, but also going to talk a little bit about the idea of seasons and the prodigal son. So this is episode 46, um, seasonal prodigal, maybe. I don't know. We'll see if that's actually what comes out of the title. Uh, but that's where we're at. Um, again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any, uh, you want to follow along the journey uh, of the Unbroken Ground, you can find me uh, on uh, the Facebook at forward slash the Unbroken Ground. You can find me, uh, you can email me at the Unbroken Ground at gmail.com. Or, or as always, you can find me on Instagram at the Unbroken Ground. Uh, great places uh, to reach out, connect if you have any questions or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to um, just kind of jump in and uh, see where we go from there. So one of the things that I kind of talked about last week was this idea that we are in control of our resources, that we are the ones that determine uh, what what resources we have and how much money we have. And so when we when we when we um, take that mindset, not that we are in control, but we have this mindset where we are, we begin to worry. We begin we begin to be anxious because it becomes our responsibility to make sure that we have. Um, not just enough, um, but to have plenty, to have extra, to, to be um, exorbitant. Um, and so that is, I think, a lot where worry comes from. And I think what we talked what I talked about last week, which was the the fact that we that God's always moving, that God's working, that you can't add uh, you can't add another dollar by thinking about it, by worrying about it. You can't add another day, another minute, another hour. Um, that's only in the hands of God. And so when we realize that, when we relax and we begin to just allow God to lead us and direct us, uh, and hopefully you guys did some praying this past week and, and allowed that to be a part of that, of, of just saying, God, your will, not mine. Uh, I want to do what you want me to do. God, you take me where you want me to go. And hopefully you've, you saw God do that this week. If not, keep praying. God, God says that we are to be like the annoying neighbor. Uh, that's a previous podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one. But God says, be like the annoying neighbor, that the neighbor who is asleep and in bed will get up to serve, not because, uh, not out of the goodness of his heart, but because he's just, he just wants the, the neighbor to go away. And there's something to be said about that because, again, that, is, that speaks about our commitment and our hearts, where our hearts are uh, when, when we're asking this request. And sometimes God is, is allowing us to need to put more um, effort and time into that uh, because we, when we make frivolous requests, when we make requests that have um, very limited meaning and impact, then it just doesn't have the same kind of um, f- building of the faith, of the trust in who, who God is and who Jesus is. And so I hope, I hope you guys spend some time praying, uh, that you continue to pray this week. Pray the prayer of Jabez if you want. Pray the Lord's Prayer if you want. Or just say, God, I just, I'm looking for you to help me um, not have worry and for you to show me how you are moving in my world, in my life, and in, in my friends' lives, in my family's lives, in my neighbor's lives, in my city's life, in my schoolmates' lives. What, wherever, God, you might be moving whatever realm you're moving in, 
God, we want to see it. We want to know it. So one of the things that I think that goes really well with this idea is this very mature way of understanding uh, discipleship and following Christ. Um, and there's, um, uh, there's a book by Mark Buchanan uh, that, that uh, I have listened to an audiobook and I need to go back and read it. Uh, and it just talks about the idea that there are seasons in our lives, in our spiritual Christian spiritual lives that we go through. And it makes sense in the idea that, and I'll put a link to this in the, uh, the show notes and all that kind of stuff so you can find the book, but uh, it makes sense because God creates in such a way to show that there is order and a cycle and there are reasons. And, and so for us as people who are living in the reality of uh, a God-created world, of a... Uh, where God is in charge and God has a way he does things, um, then it makes sense to say that he would have us live and go through seasons. And, and the idea is that it's very much a year. Think about it like a year. Um, you don't have crops that grow year round for the most part. You don't have fields that grow year round for the most part. They, they, uh, in, in some places they may have that some places we've kind of scientifically advanced or we've made some hybrids. And so they do, do, do have some of that. But for the most part, what happens like here in, in Illinois, where I live, um, farmers will go and plant their corn. The, the, the fields will be, uh, they won't have anything in there and then all the, the corn will start to grow and then it'll, then it'll grow above your head and then they'll harvest that corn and then the corn again will be, well, then the, the fields will be um, empty uh, being, they, there's a, there's a couple of months where nothing's done to them. Then they're replowed again in spring, they're planted, they're, they're watered and they grow over summer and they're harvested in fall. And, and so there's this continual season that our world goes through. And so it makes sense that God would also have a, a, a balance, a spiritual rhythm for our lives. But we've really, I think, in America specifically because we live in such a capitalistic and a, uh, and a, a, a success-driven, celebrated culture, um, we've really gotten, we've moved away from that. And, and we've decided to chase, we've decided that the, the way that we can show blessing in how good we are at our jobs, whether that be a pastor, um, youth minister, uh, other church, other, or other parachurch organizations or whatever, is to show how good we are at making things grow. And when we approach life and ministry from the aspect of everything always is growing, everything always is harvesting, everything always is moving, um, we, we, we really tax the system. We really put a strain on the rhythm, the spiritual rhythms of, of things like church. Um, and, and so there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow church because having uh, more people at church, having numbers, that's souls, and that's important, and we want to have that. Um, but we also need to understand that there needs to be a good balance, a good balance, and, and that there will be some seasons that we go through both in our spiritual lives and our church life, in our financial lives, where we won't just always be winning, getting, harvesting, gaining, uh, but that, that things will be barren, that it'll be winter uh, for our souls, for our church. 
and that this is not a um, punishment or a lack uh, thereof of skill or care or desire or prayer or faith, but rather it's a rhythm that God continues to go through. I mean, just, just imagine, this is how, like, Jesus talks about it and Paul talks about it. He says, think, uh, think about farming. Think about what it means to be a farmer. You have to be ready when, in, when the season is there, ready to do the harvest. You have to be ready to do the work. You have to be, you have to be ready to do the planting. So that means that you have to prepare yourself and when you're in the bear in the winter stage to be ready for spring. You can't get you can't get overwhelmed by being in winter uh, so much so that you're not ready prepared for when spring is there because when spring happens new life comes and then we and then and then you have to to know like oh it's time to plant seeds that will see growth over the next coming seasons and when we don't have that idea when everything is always a growth idea what happens is uh, in a lot of places is that we create a culture of burnout where, where we just continue to see and use and push and overuse and abuse and, and, and exhaust volunteers and staff and church because success, because victory is often saying that we've made it to the next biggest level, that we're always continuously in this harvest. But if we're not also fertilizing and and uh and and seeding the ground and also letting the ground lie barren letting it recover naturally just like with any kind of field that's out there that 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 there is actually that god has created this system that's very death-based like like fertilizer like what makes good soil is that it's it's filled with the nutrients of things that have come before and died and now that's why growth can happen because there's the nutrients there that that's in the soil is from the death of the things that came before. And this is a natural process. This is a, a process that God has established. Um, it's how forests have grown. It's how fields have grown. It's how it's how the the earth replenished itself every seasons, all the seasons. It's it's what it does. It's it's, it's directed by God. God has a natural season, uh, change in seasons that happen from spring to fall to, I mean, spring to summer to fall to winter and so on and so on and so on. And so it's not hard and it shouldn't be hard for us to imagine that God has the same thing in our spiritual walks. And, and we should be prepared for that. We should be prepared for that. Um, we should be prepared for the times when we are living in such a way that we don't see, that, that, that we see death, um, that we don't see success in the numbers like we think we should, that we don't see success in the recognition like we think we should, that we, that we aren't seeing God move even though we know that he's moving, even though that there is no hiding um, what God, that God is always on the move. We just may not see it. We may not um, be in the right perspective to understand and know what God's doing, but God's at work. And so um, what do we do as, as ministers, as people, as Christians, when we find ourselves in those, those type of situations and those times and those seasons? And, and so what do you do with that? 
Um, and, and how do we prepare our hearts for that? Because I think that it's a, it actually is one of the reasons that um, so many church leaders, it's one of the reasons so many church leaders are facing so many scandals and burnout is because they, they, never, they never stopped to replenish, to, re, to, to give their land, so to, metaphorically speaking, the chance to be just barren for a, a, a season so that it could be that renewal of that growth could happen. And, w- and when that doesn't happen, we just continue to push further and further. And eventually the soil and its nutrients dries up. I mean, Jesus uses these kind of metaphors because it's things that we understand and it's the natural world. And, and he talks about the idea about soils and all that kind of stuff. Another podcast you had, listen to those. Go back to listen to that. Condition of your heart. But, but if, we don't, if we don't find the times to rest and replenish the soils of our hearts, if we don't find the time to say, it's, it is, this is my winter season. This is my, this is my break. Then, then we run, we run the risk of being soil that is lacking in nutrients. And so it doesn't nurture us and it doesn't nurture those around us. And so, so we just have to be, we just have to be aware of that. And so, so I recommend the book by Mark Buchanan, I've forgotten the title. I'm going to look it up real quick. Like I said, I'll also put it in the show notes. Um, I recommend listening to that, uh, just, just listening through that. And, and because uh, he, he talks a little bit about just how he went through that. Spiritual Rhythm by Mark Buchanan um, is what it's called. Um, talking about that, talking about the difference in the seasons and that, that pastors and people and Christians, um, everyone goes through those. And recognizing them, preparing them, um, using using the different coping mechanisms to get through them, help us have a, a healthier approach to to life and ministry. Like we, we shouldn't always expect just harvest. We shouldn't always just expect uh, this the blessing that's just overwhelming and we can't. Like there is a cycle, and and mature Christians will tell you that. Uh, even even think people like Mother Teresa, who was you know seen as such a saint had a dark night of the soul where she felt like God just was, was not there. Um, you know, her feelings are not truth necessarily, but, but if you've ever been in, in a, a similar situation where you just feel like you can't hear or feel or, or understand or know God, it's a dark night. And, and um, even the most mature, even the most dedicated uh, can go through that. If you read through the Psalms, I mean, if you read through the Psalms, these are the, the people that get the, the opportunity to write the worship songs and prayers of the whole um, Jewish congregation. Uh, and, and they write about God forsaking them. They write about how their enemies are winning. They write about how, um, they, how long, oh God, will you forsake me? How long, oh God, will you forget me? How long, oh God, will my enemies triumph over me? So there is a there is there is evidence all over Scripture built in that says that there is an there is as part of the experience of following God means that there are times where you will feel you will feel far away, and it won't necessarily be because you moved. Sometimes God says you need that growth experience of going through the winter of your season spiritual rhythm, 
doesn't make it easy to know that. doesn't make it easy, but it does make it better to know that God never leaves or forsakes, forsakes us regardless of how we feel. But as we're preparing for that, as we're knowing that, that can help us to know how do I work through all the challenges that then I'm going to face. Um, I can't just stay on overloaded energy, running everywhere, doing everything all the time. Because eventually I'm just gonna I'm gonna run out. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fail. Um, I'm and in the problem, this 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 the extra stressor is that uh, is that when we run low, when our batteries run low, uh, one of the ways that um, it affects church leaders almost exponentially, but not I mean church leaders are just the ones that get pointed out about. But the way it affects humans is that that when our spiritual batteries run low then our resistance to temptation and sin begin to dis- go away. It just, it just goes away. And, and so that's why, we, that's why you see people who have um, run, as they say, both ends of the candle and burnt out, um, a lot of times they accompany that with, with sin. And, and a lot of times it's uh, sin that will just wreck a ministry. Um, and, and that is, un- that is um, not as, it's just not an unfortunate, it's heartbreaking it is dangerous, and and I think that more ministers need to realize and prepare for a spiritual rhythm, and, and understand that that they can't just always be on. They can't always just be the one bearing the burden, carrying the load, being the being the engine. They they have to understand that they need to cycle in and out of the spiritual rhythm. So there's there's my um, push for uh, reading Mark Buchanan's spiritual rhythm book. Um, and, and here's why. Uh, here's why I kind of really push that. Because <coughs> I, I had this thought, and, I'm, and, and I will freely admit that this is not a fully formed thought. So there are some things I'm still working on here. But one of the things that I was thinking about um, last week, thinking about what I was talking about last week and, and what I want to talk about this week, God, God brought to my mind the idea of the, the people who love God's blessing more than they love God. The people who love God's gifting more than they love the giver. Uh, and um, the story that comes to mind when I think of that, like I've never thought about it in this way, uh, at least to the best of my knowledge. I'm sure I probably have heard a sermon or somebody has talked to me about it or I've read a book and it's stuck in my head. But God's bringing it to light in my heart, so I just want to share it. And that's the story of the prodigal son. And and I think that what the, the situation I described last week, when we talk about worry, when we say, oh, I've got this, I, I've got the bank account, I've got the, the means to make the money, I don't need you. Um, and, and so then, then we, we really push our, the questions that we ask, uh, of God and, and the, the prayer requests that we make to be so far up because it's like, I can handle anything that's within this, like the Paul realm. I can just, I can handle it. No problem. Don't need your, your spiritual help. And so we, we just say, okay, well, the big things that I can't do that I'm just really, 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 it's just true that I'm not in control of that. Um, God, I just, I, I, those are the ones that I'm going to let you handle. 
But the reason that the uh, prodigal son comes to mind is that I is is that it's a it's a story that that highlights a lot of things. The younger son who who wants to you know get all of his blessing now. And and it just reminded me a lot of people who um, tend to fall in love with the the idea that if 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 I become a Christian, then I am going to live like, live like this charmed life. That if if I am a Christian, then um, God's just gonna give me gonna give me easy paths, and He's gonna make me lie down and 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 the the pastures next to still water, and and He and it does say He's gonna do that, but um, we, I think we have to remember that. Um, it's a it's a promise that that he this is the kind of God he is, but it's not it's it's not the the gifts it's not the gifts that we can receive or the blessings we can receive that should motivate us to seek God. It's it's not what we can get out of it. But a lot of times we we really kind of kind of couch it in that language. We kind of say, well, um, if you follow God, if you follow Jesus, then then you will you'll find you know freedom from all the problems that you have. Uh, you'll get uh, blessings, and and you'll you know God will take care of you, and and He does. And there's not necessarily um, there's not necessarily a lie within that, but there is a danger that we can sell people on just the, the gifts and not the giver. That we could sell people on what following Christ really is about is receiving all the things that we want, the desirable things, the things that we need, the things that we want, the things that we um, can't do on our own. These are the things that God will provide to me because I, in exchange, give my heart. And he, he often is going to do some. He may do all. Or he may do none, um, because it, it's it's not about um, the giver. It's not about the gifts. It is it is about the giver. Uh, it's not about the gifts. And and when we focus on the gifts, to the neglect of the giver, what happens is we lose our insight and understanding in what it means to be in a relationship with God. And, and so, like the prodigal son, who lived, was living in the household and probably lived a very charmed life. Um, like he, let's just admit that, uh, that, that if we were to, to draw out Jesus' story and, uh, and think through uh, the circumstances of the younger son, uh, he was living in his father's house. He was a son. He, he may have had some work to do, but, but he got plenty of food to eat and, and clothing and, and was treated kindly. Um, and the son, so the, and so he was living a good life. He was living underneath the blessing, but he was also living under the rule of, of the house. He was living under the authority of the house. And one day he got the idea that it'd be nice to have the blessing without the, 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 the without the rule. It'd be nice to have the blessing without having to uh, be held accountable by to the giver. Be nice to have all the gifts, but not have to worry about what I, how I, I interacted with them or what I did with them. I can just do whatever. 
And, and so he came to the father. He came to his father and he said, hey, I want what's coming to me. I'm tired of waiting. I don't have patience. I know I, I deserve. I'm going to be owed this. Give it to me so that I can, I, so I don't have to live by your rules, by, uh, at your house, at your understanding. I, I don't want to do that. I want, I, I don't, I want to be free. And, and so the father, remember this is a, an, is a representation of our heavenly father, says, okay. And so he gives him the approximation of what he would be owed. And, and, and the younger son says, great, I'm leaving. And he goes away. Um, and, and he loves the freedom. Like, like I, I think that we have to realize that, that we, a lot of times we're like, oh, well, he was living in sin and he was, you know, not living, not living right and all these type of things. And, and, and he was, his, he didn't have real friends and, and, and Yeah. I mean, from a certain perspective, from the perspective of looking and judging, it was like, is this a good idea? No, it's not a good idea. But from his perspective, he loved it. He was, he, was, he was free. He was finally able to make his own decisions. He was finally able to just do whatever he wanted to do with whatever resources he got. And they were his, and he was his own man, and nobody was going to tell him what to do. Until the bottom dropped out. And he found himself taking care of some pigs with no food to eat. He was so hungry that he, he, even, he even looked at them, the, the uh, nasty slop that the pigs were having, and he, and he thought, I, 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 would, I, would, I, would, I would love to eat some of that. And suddenly he remembered his father's house. And he, and he created this plan. He said, you know, even, my, even the servants, not the children. He, he's like, I've lost my, I've, I think I've lost my chance to be a child. I, 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 I walked away. I left. He said, but the servants don't even eat like this. I will go back to my father's house. I will, I will beg for his mercy. I'll, I will take on the role of a servant because I don't deserve to be a child of the house. I don't deserve to be a son. I don't deserve to be a daughter. I, I just want to serve and I just want to be free. I don't want to be in charge of my own life anymore because I'm, I've messed it up. I wasted it. I wasted all my resources. I, I thought I knew best. I thought I would, I thought I would be able to do it on my own, but I can't can't and I think that for us we have to be very very careful and when we live in such a, a consumeristic society and such a when capitalism is is almost a religion in of itself that we don't fall into the same trap where we look for the gifts and ignore the giver where where we look for the success and ignore the power behind it. Where we look for the, the name and the accolades, but we forget who really deserves the glory.
We love to serve God when it means that our name gets glorified. I love to serve God when it means my name gets glorified. It's much harder to serve God when his name is glorified and yours isn't. It's much easier if, if your name is also glorified when God's name is being glorified. It's much harder when his name is glorified but yours isn't. It's a tension. We don't like it. I don't like it. It's hard. And so the, the younger son says, I'm, I'm going back. I'll be a servant. I, I don't care. I don't need to be in the, I don't even, I don't, I, I don't even need to be to have the freedoms of a son, of a child. I'll just be a servant and, and I'll just, I will, I will obey because I, he's my master. Uh, there's no no more of this relationship, this father-son relationship. I would just have to obey because I'm his. He is my master, and I'm his servant. And so he, he creates like this great speech. He's ready. You know, he's gonna. Oh, father, I I've sinned against you, and 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 you must take me back, and I will be a servant. And 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 here's the here's the amazing thing. Because. Because this becomes a story. This becomes a story about who God the Father is. And and here's what's just incomprehensible. So hard to understand. The father every day has been looking down the path after the day is over. Whenever he had a break, he would go sit out on the front porch and he would look down the road and he would just hope that he would see his son returning. He loved his son so much that he loved him enough to give him freedom and said, yeah, here's your, in- here's your inheritance. You're free to do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to stop you. And he loved him so much that, that his greatest hope was that his son would one day come back. That, that, that his heart would remember who the father was and not just the gifts, not just the money, not just the good times, not just the, the rules and, the, and, and, and what it meant to be in the father's house, that, he, that it wouldn't remember all those things, but just remember the love of the father And, he, and he'd return. And so, so daily the father watched, hoping, dreaming, wishing. Anytime there was dust kicked up in the distance, is that him? Is that my son? Is he come back? Disappointed day after day. And, and then one day he saw him. He saw him. The father looked out and he saw the son returning and he ran. Because he loved because he loved the son so much. Because his love was so great. When he saw the son coming back, he ran. And, and the son had his speech prepared and the, the father got there and the son started to say and the father grabbed him, hugged him, kissed him and then said, 
you're my son. And then he called out to the servants. He said, get the robe, get the ring, get, we're, go start the party. My son has come back. He was lost. He was lost, but now he's found. The son was ready just to be a, a, a lowly servant, to, to not even be called child in the house anymore. And the father said, no, you are my child. And I love you. You are restored. And, and it's just amazing because Jesus is telling people this story because he's, he's trying to change the perception of who God the Father is. Because if, if we were to write the story, if we were to write the return, there'd just be so much that we would make the son do, right? Like you have a child come back and you say, oh, well, I'm glad you're back, but, you know, I can't trust you. So um, you can't, you know, can't have keys to the car. You can't have, you can't have, um, you know, you can't purchase anything. You've got to run everything. You've got to check in with me every hour. You've got to tell me what you're going to do. Plans have to be made through me. And, and we'll, we'll work on that until you, be, you can become, you know, freedom, free again, right? Because, because you, you broke that, all of the relationship. You broke the trust. You broke, you broke my heart. That's what we would do as humans. It's not what God does. He loves the sons so much that all he can do is, is rejoice that the son has come back. And he says, you're still my son. You have my ring of power. You have my robe that shows that you who you are. You're not a servant. And, and it's that love that should propel our hearts to be his followers. Because the truth is that, that there, will, there will be times when we, have, when we have plenty. There'll be times when we have more than enough. There'll be times when we don't have enough. There'll be times when we go hungry. There'll be times when we, st we, we, we don't know what we're going to do because the finances don't work out, because people aren't coming to church, because people have left the church, because um, we thought we had a plan and that plan just backfired and, and it, it didn't work. And through all of that, none of that is an indication of God's love for us. Those are just the gifts. And, and when we focus on whether God loves us by saying, well, God, if you love me, then you'll give me the gifts, We're, we become the prodigal. We say, God, I want, I want what I deserve. Just go ahead and give that to me. I don't want to live in your rules and relationship. I just want the gifts. And when that becomes more important than the giver, then we're prodigals. Maybe we don't go off to the foreign land and sin and, and do all those things that the prodigal son did, but, but we lose our way. And, and we begin to um, think of God incorrectly. And Jesus says, Oh, this is the kind of love that the father has. He rejoices because his son was lost and now he's found. He had gone away and now he came back. The relationship has been restored. 
yeah, we'll deal with all the things that were that that you know everything has the consequences. You can't you can't uh, fool God. You you reap what you sow. But God's greatest desire is for us to know that we are we are loved by Him, and that we are called to be His kids, to His children. That we're called to be His children, and and that we're to, we're to love the world. And everything in it, everyone in it, in the same way. To love the neighbor, love God with all our hearts, and love neighbors, love God, love people. That's that's what we're called to do. Let us not get distracted by the blessings, because that leads to worry, that leads to anxiety, that leads to to control issues. And let us remember that it's it's that that what we need, what we seek is God's love, and He gives it to us when we turn to Him. He meets us. And and if you're in the the dark night of the soul, because those happen, right? Like those are the the winners happen. That's a spiritual rhythm that happens, and to to ignore it or to to make it seem um, like somehow it's your fault. Sometimes it is, I guess. Sometimes we move away from God. Sometimes we are prodigals that leave. Sometimes God just says, I need you to grow. And so part of growing is I'm going to feel distant. But here's the thing that, that that's a promise from Jesus. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always until the end of the age. Even if you can't see, understand, or know that God is with you, he is. He is. You can, you can trust in that. You can rest in that. And so as you go through the seasons of your souls, as you go through the seasons of maturity, as you grow up, cast off the legacy of the prodigal that falls in love with the blessing, that falls in love with the gifting, that falls in love with the gifts, the results, and not the giver. May we seek to love the heart and know the heart of the giver. And may all other things flow out of that relationship. Hope, hope you think some about that this week. Hope you pray some about that this week. Think about what it means to find your spiritual rhythm and what it means to, to love God and not be a prodigal in our, our de- devotion to him that we would come back and then and to know just how much he loves us that he would run pick us up in his arms and say my child you've come home we're lost but now you're found rejoice celebrate that's the god who wants to know us and wants us to know that's the god who wants a relationship May we seek that daily.